0: Welcome back to our Weird History episode, where we seek to bring you tales of the strange and unusual throughout history. This week, we're talking about what, Melissa? Because I don't know. You never do. I know. It's one of the amazing parts about this episode is that I'm always
1: surprised. There's always surprises. Surprise, surprise. No, no I was, was quoting that Marquis de Sade episode. <laughs> we are talking about an um, accidental discovery slash invention that turned into something quite wacky. Uh, do tell. You, I, I, I shall. I shall. So, there have been many accidental inventions slash discoveries throughout history. I mean, The the most quintessential one would be Isaac Newton discovering gravity, right, when the apple falls on his head. More notably, in the last century or so, there's the unexpected invention of silly string, which was not the original purpose to make a children's toy. The unexpected (laughs) invention of post-it notes, which was also not expected to turn into what it did. You know, that sort of thing. That's where I'm going with this. Now this particular accidental invention happened during World War II and has likely had the biggest impact on almost everyone's childhood for over the last 70 years. Actually, I think it's over 75 years by this point. And that would be? The Slinky. <laughs> Who's not playing with a Slinky before?
0: probably any of the Gen Z generation. Uh, yes. Fair. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Generation doesn't need that anymore. They
1: have all their phones and tech. Oh, I'm sure they play with it when they were, I don't know. These are the same people that grew up when they were two because their parents put a phone in front of them to pacify them. So who knows? I don't know. But I'm sure most people safe to say, have played with a slinky at least once in their lives.
0: Hopefully. And if you are
1: not, go find yourself a
0: slinky. I was about to say, if you're someone that has never touched, seen, heard of this word, look it up on Google and find yourself one because it's a great, it it's the fidget spinner before the fidget spinner. It's literally referred to as the original fidget toy. That's because that's exactly what
1: it was. In well school. yes but no
0: well i mean for me that's exactly what it was it was a oh. great distraction when i didn't want to pay attention
1: sure. oh that's i mean in terms of a children's toy yes in terms of how it was created no that's okay. true
0: yeah no i'm not talking about its creation
1: it. would you like to hear how it was invented
0: of course <laughs> i'm on the edge of my seat so uh get to it please okay i can also hear <laughs> typing.
1: Oh. <laughs> so we're going to rewind the clock back and head back to 1943 in Pennsylvania. So Naval engineer Richard James is at work at the William Cramps and Sons shipyard in Philadelphia. And while he's there, he as a Naval engineer, he's given the task of creating a type of shock absorption that's going to be used on ship-wide instruments which is very, very, very important. So one day while he's in his office, he's working with tension springs when one of them accidentally falls off his desk onto the floor. Now, normally that wouldn't have meant much of anything to anybody and he would have just bent down to pick it up. But this spring was a little different than all of the other ones because as it fell, it didn't just fall, it walked. It walked. And slinkies have a very distinctive walk, as we know.
0: Really? Yeah. I mean, are you are you gonna share the, the slinky video that you shared to me that I was like, this is horrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's at the end of all of all this research, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I had to show that.
0: <laughs> it's a terrible video.
1: <laughs> it's not, it's very surreal. It's it's I, it can be a little creepy, I think. It's fascinating. I would have loved to have seen the humans. Oh, it's fascinating, person.
0: but that doesn't change
1: the fact that it's so fucking
0: weird.
1: I was talking to my friend Kayla, and apparently, because I sent her that, I thought her kids would uh, get a kick out of it, sent her that little gif. And she goes, oh, we've seen him in concert. He was at <laughs> Oh, my God, that's so <laughs> But as I said, so when the the coil happened to fall to the floor it didn't just fall and coil back onto itself it walked off the table so james found himself very intrigued by this particular coil and kept playing with it and realized this is really cool i want to take it home and show my wife so he immediately he took that particular coil home and showed it to his wife betty and showed her this amazing walking spring so betty was just as intrigued as richard was And the two of them began to work with various different types of wire, different thicknesses, and different coil tightnesses to find the best combination because they quickly realized this could become a really good toy because it's fun, it's simple, and it's entertaining. So, after much trial and error, the two of them came across the best option. And it was they originally used Swedish steel and found the best overall design for it so once they figured that out they went and borrowed five hundred dollars five hundred dollars back in 1943 for their manufacturing needs. and then they spent time creating hundreds of copies of what was to become the slinky obviously knowing that they had a hit on their hands before they could demo it they had to create the brand right so you have to create a name for it And for a while, they kept swapping names about and they're like, it doesn't feel quite right. No, I'm not sure about that one. So Betty then suggested the word slinky, which is Swedish to mean sleek and graceful. And I don't know if I would call a slinky, sleek and graceful, but it works because of the sound it makes. I mean, adds more of the sound than it is the actual. But if you think of slinky dresses, they're very form-fitting very very graceful looking dresses so i get it
0: i mean i guess we could call it graceful i mean it doesn't go stomping around like it's t-rex so
1: <laughs> no i mean it does it, it does because of the the tightness of the, the of the tension spring it walks down in a very uniform manner and a very cat-like graceful kind of way I t- i can get it i get it So Betty and Richard soon set up shop in Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania, not too far from where they were, and opened up the James Spring and Wire Company, which would later become known as James Industries. And here Richard set up shop while Betty was at home with the kids, and he also personally created the machines that would then go on to create the Slinkies. And it would take 80 feet of Swedish steel wire and turn it into 98 coils that were two and a half inches long in terms of the entire piece. Apparently, these machines could create a slinky in just 10 seconds. Did you say 10 seconds? Not 10 minutes, 10 seconds. 10 seconds to coil up and produce a slinky. It's
0: really freaking quick for 1943. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Well, he's a naval engineer, so he's, work, he's He's used to probably manufacturing and tinkering around with stuff. Really quick.
0: Maybe that's just my
1: opinion, but I think that's pretty damn quick. Well, I mean, to give you kind of a context from what I can personally have my knowledge to input onto that portion, 1936 is when the Queen Mary launched, and she was so well engineered that she held the top speed you know ship record at i think 37 35 37 knots and held it until 1950 she could make the transatlantic crossing in less than two weeks which was incredibly beneficial during world war ii but even as a cruise ship and that was 1936 before the sinking came along so and you know it didn't sound like Maybe that ought to have been a thing back then, but the engineering back then was pretty well good.
0: Yeah, true, but it, it I don't know.
1: It Just, sounds it's weird. It's still baffling. Sure, but also when, you know, we don't have everything instant at our hands and back then you had books and knowledge, you know, you, you tend to tinker around with quite a lot to keep yourself entertained what's that i don't know (laughs) what is the outside and air what's this green stuff under my feet
0: (laughs) green stuff never heard of it
1: no it feels weird no (laughs) i don't like it back inside (laughs) anyway so once benny and richard had several hundred copies of what would was now the slinky they went and tried to sell it to the different local toy stores over in philadelphia but the toy stores were kind of you know it's cute but we just have we have toys now that light up and toys that make sound and remote controlled and animatronic kind of toys so this simple tension coil walking spring no we don't think it's really going to sell that well Compared to all the new toys that parents want to buy for their toy for their kids for Christmas, it's a little too simple. I think we'll pass on that. But the couple knew they had a hit on their hands. They just had to find the right opportunity to really show it off. So, well, oh, sorry. For a second, we're going to go back um, to the toy shop. So at one point, they went to a toy shop in the area called Jonah's Top Shop, and took a, a handful of theirs and the top shop was like okay we'll take you know 12 13 of these on consignment but as they told them well, we're not sure if these are going to sell because most of the the new toys of 1943 were battery operated and and everything like that and like i said the slinky was very low tech so they didn't think kids would be really interested and in fact it's actually uh, quoted as saying this is the atomic age in toys kids want bright big, bright, fancy things with lots of colors and lights, which is actually quoted uh, in a book called Priceonomics. And they also went on to say, an old beat-up spring? We couldn't give that thing away if God blesses America. Oh, sorry. We couldn't give that away if it played God bless America and picked the Daily Double Halea as it walked down the steps. <laughs> like, it's not battery-operated? Kids won't like it. But, The James family were not deterred. It took a while until November of 1945. And that is when everything changed. So just before Christmas in November 1945, they took 400 copies of their Slinky toy to the local department store named Gimbles in Philadelphia. And they were given permission to be able to demo it outside the toy store. And in order to keep it affordable they said we're just going to set the price at one dollar and anyone that wanted to buy it it would it would just be the one dollar and they had it actually had an inclined plane you know a set of stairs that they had in order to walk the slinky down the stairs to show it off to anyone who happened to pass by now betty was there that day and according to her she was actually quite nervous that the demo wasn't going to go as planned because so far they'd been kind of unsuccessful in promoting it in toy stores, so she decided that that day, while Richard was actually the one demoing it, she and a friend would wander around the mall and then walk up to Richard's table after a little while, and then each give him one dollar to purchase a Slinky, as she put, just to make him feel better, just in case he didn't buy any. No one, no one came, no one was interested. Just, just to, to humor my husband, we'll each give him a dollar and buy two slinkies. Well, Be- Betty later recalled, well, we got off the elevator and over in one corner, there were just hundreds of people waving dollar bills. And my husband was right in the middle of it. And to give an idea of how big this crowd was, they had 400 slinkies. I mean, good way to demo it and then get it going, um, get the ball rolling. Yeah. On the sales. Well, they sold all 400 slinkies that day. Would you like to take a guess and how quickly they all sold?
0: Within an hour.
1: No, a little more than that. Darn it. I thought I was close. Okay. Uh, well, yes, but An no. hour and a half? Yeah. In 90 minutes, all 400 were sold at a dollar each in 1945.
0: That that's really that's quite a
1: bit. Yeah. I mean, I think there have probably been just a handful in the last 100 years or so of toys almost literally flying off the shelves when people come to buy them. The Slinky. Probably the Barbie when she first debuted. Come on. I mean it's the Barbie. Furbies. <laughs> Off the top of my head. Um Beanie Babies, probably. I, I mean I remember the Beanie Baby Craze.
0: Oh, the beanie baby craze where everyone thought that buying beanie babies was gonna make them rich.
1: Well that, but they were well, also later. selling them and all of like the, the Burger King and McDonald's had deals so you could get a beanie baby with your stuff and whatnot. Yeah, it was it was it was a- It was a craze. It was definitely a craze. I can't think of off the top of my head um, too many massive toy crazes where you would sell out in less than two hours. That's insane. And this is just before Christmas. So you know people are out at the toy store also. It's it's perfect marketing, really. Even in 1943, perfect marketing choice. A toy store just weeks before Christmas.
0: And timing, exactly
1: affordable.
0: During World War, it's fun. It's going to last. You're putting it out right before Christmas in a toy store. Like, I'm not sure that that could go wrong unless you really messed up on the toy.
1: Right, but think of so the Slinky cost a, a dollar in 1943. The probably how do I um I can't even imagine how much a battery operated toy back then probably would have cost. But back then it probably was with like fifteen dollars. I mean, compared to the one dollar slinky to I mean, the, the only thing I can think of in terms of today is you know at at the gift shops, at the museum, the stuffed toys, are nice stuffed toys but most of them start at 15 20 and go up from there for a stuffed toy yeah well i mean
0: let's just talk about inflation
1: right but that's what i'm saying that if that's the, if, if a stuffed animal now costs on average about 30 dollars, 25 to 30 dollars for a stuffed dinosaur i can only imagine back then how much a radio-controlled battery operated item would have cost compared to the one dollar slinky so it was perfect timing and to continue on from this the following year the toy was then introduced at the american toy fair and really took off from there and according to the records um for for james industries and the slinky just between the demo and november and the end of the year by christmas Of 1945, it's said that they sold around 20,000 slinkies. 20,000. That's a lot of slinkies. That's a lot of slinkies. It's, I mean, it's a dollar each. They can ship it, it's in the catalogs, I'm sure. And when you've got a craze where 400 of one toy sells out in 90 minutes, people are going to find you and buy it. So, there. So throughout the 1950s, Richard would continue working in the shop making the Slinkies. He would also work on advertising for the toy, went actually on TV shows to promote it and really saw it make its make its way out of Philadelphia and out of Pennsylvania into the rest of the entire United States. And this is something I didn't know in regards to Slinky Toys. So, in 1952, now, we all know the standard Coil Slinky, which is the original. In 1952, the probably more famous Slinky toy debuted. You know this one. Is it referenced in Toy Story? It's it's definitely referenced in Toy Story. Is it the d- wiener dog Slinky? It's the Slinky dog. Slinky dog's as old as 1952. Six- was it wait 70 years ago now? Now, yeah, 1952. Let's say 1950,
0: 50 to 1950 to 2000 is 50 years to 2022, 70, another 20 years.
1: 70. So 74 years. 72, sorry. No, just 70. It's 52 to 22 is 70. Right. I, I went backwards <laughs> to 50. <laughs> so. The slinky dog this year is 70 years old. Try thinking on that. <laughs> it, doesn't, it just doesn't come off to us as 70 years old. But what's really interesting about the slinky dog is it wasn't invented or created by anyone working in, with James Industry or the slinkies. It was actually conceived of by an inventor named Helen Herrick Malsed, who actually lived in Washington State. So she actually um, invented a handful of things. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's a Wikipedia article for her. What's really cool is, so she, she was an inventor. First of all, she's a female inventor at the time, which is pretty cool. But she had penned the designs for the Slinky Dog. I was like, oh, this is a really cool toy. Oh, maybe we could do this with it. And then sent them off to James Industries. Betty and Richard liked the idea so much that they manufactured the Slinky Dog, but also given the time, they credited with Helen Maul said, with the creation of the Slinky Dog, giving her the patent for the Slinky Dog, and then also sending her royalties for it for the next seventeen years, which averaged between sixty and seventy thousand dollars per year for the next seventeen years. Which is over one million dollars in 17 years. And just royalties.
0: Yeah, that that's kind of mind blowing. Right?
1: Female inventor in 1952. So we know how a lot of things back then were a lot of things were stolen from other people. So I definitely want to give Betty and Richard a lot of credit for crediting other people with one of their most popular toys ever now speaking of toy story by the time toy story debuted james industries had actually stopped carrying the dog it had actually been discontinued just a few years prior so when the movie was coming out they decided that they were going to bring the slinky dog back into production just briefly So they decided they were going to manufacture 850,000 slinky dogs just in time for the debut of Toy Story. And by Christmas in 1995, all 850,000 of them were completely sold out. And in fact, at that time, sales for slinkies as a whole in 1995 were around 12,000 slinkies a year. After Toy Story, it jumped up to forty thousand a year. Jesus, because of Toy Story.
0: Boys, well, I mean that that, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, Toy Story was huge; oh, I, it still is. Well, of course, that's why they made what is it four now? Yeah. And they're they're doing another offshoot with Buzz Lightyear. Oh yeah. Like it doesn't surprise me how big it is. It surprised it, it surpri- how big it is still. I mean, Toy Story in this sense. What surprises me is the extent that Slinky or the Slinky Dog went to just because of that
1: 40000 a year. That's nearly quadruple in sales just because of a movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm just doing a little math here first. That's a little, that's around 109, 110 slinkies a day.
1: Well, given that the machines can crank out one in 10 seconds. Yeah, I know. But the fact that they were selling 110
0: slinkies a day, that's a lot in one day.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: Of that, of a single
1: toy. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't just have the Slinky Dog and not just the original Slinky. There were so many Slinkies. They had the Slinky Train, which is similar to the Slinky Dog. There's Susie the Slinky Worm, which is also similar in general design to the Slinky Dog. They had a game called Slink'Em, which I forget how they actually played it, but it's on their advertisements if you look it up on Google. And they also had one, I remember these growing up, because they were kind of, I think they were fairly big in the 80s and into the early 90s. It's called Crazy Eyes. And it's a pair of glasses with slinkies attached to them, and then little eyeball, plastic eyeball settings that are glued to the uh, the bottom end. I mean, it looks like your eyes are just boinging off of your head.
0: Yeah. I mean, we grew up with like, those. It's the idea of, you know, your eyes popping
1: out, like, oh, ah! right,
0: but they right. literally do, and they go back and forth. With- right.
1: I mean, <laughs> it, Those were fun as a kid. They're very silly. So they had a variety of different slinky options. Now, the original just standard coil slinky was always kept in the dollar. And then everything else was priced to sale depending on what the item was. So within the first two years of manufacturing from, say, 1945 to 1947, once it became a big hit, James Industries did very well. In fact, they were able to sell 100 million Slinkies at just a dollar each. Now, adjusted for inflation, that comes to around $6 billion in gross revenue today in two years. That's a lot. Yeah. A very affordable toy. And the company did quite well for some time. But in 1960, something happened that would then continue to change the toy forever. For the last 15 years or so, as I mentioned, Richard had gone off to work in the warehouse. Betty stayed home with the kids. And by this time, it seemed that Richard was kind of growing restless and would have what we would call a midlife crisis on top of a few other things. So... Richard would also carry on various affairs which Betty only tolerated for the sake of their six children and he also became involved with a group called the Wycliffe Bible translators which was an evangelical group that was founded in 1942 and apparently for the last five years from 1955 to 1960 Richard had taken to giving very large amounts of money of the sales from the toy to this evangelical group and betty obviously was not happy with this and uh, she decided that she was going to attend a few of these meetings because Richard was really really into them just to see what they were about and she went to just a couple and when she came back she's like this is a religious cult it's not they're not good and my husband's just giving our money away to these people and she tried to convince richard that they're just taking your money. They're not getting anything back in return. We need, you need, you need to stop going. It's, you, you know, you're, you're pushing us to bankruptcy here. But unfortunately, she was unsuccessful with that. Now, in 1960, the two of them actually would go on to divorce. After being married for close to 20 years. As part of the divorce, Richard actually gave Betty complete control of the company put her in title and name and everything, gave everything to her. But unfortunately, as I just mentioned, because Richard was consistently giving money away to this evangelical group that he was so entwined with, when he left her, the company, he had also left her with barely any money because he had nearly bankrupted the company by giving this group so much money.
0: Oh, just such a brilliant dude
1: yeah oh yeah and then of course once they divorced and everything was finalized and he no longer had any stake in the in the company or anything he then popped off over to Bolivia with this Wycliffe Bible translators to be with them while they were doing missionary work in Bolivia and he died in Bolivia in 1974 and once Betty had control of the business she became in control of the business. She actually would run it for the next 40 years. So and in a New York Times interview in 1996, Betty recalled, quote, the children were then ages 2, four, six, eight, 16, and 18. I wasn't interested in South America. When we first had Slinky, we got a lot of publicity, made a lot of money, and he just didn't handle it well. He thought that he was big time. And these religious people always had their hands out. He had given so much away that I was almost bankrupt. I sold the factory and decided to move from Philadelphia back to Altoona, where I grew up, along with the business. And as soon as she moved back to Altoona, Betty also took a position as chief executive of Slinky. She was a smart person, so. Yeah, well, it turns out she wasn't just smart. She was also really good at running a business. One of the major decisions she made straight away was to actually do away with the more expensive Swedish steel, which they had to import, and substitute it for local American metal, so just American steel. Additionally, she also uh, insisted that the standard coil slinky consistently be sold at a $1 price to make it affordable for anyone that wanted to buy it. And to this day, you can still go to the dollar store and buy a slinky. It may be a knockoff, but it's still a Slinky. It's just like Kleenex versus tissue. It's We still call it Kleenex. So it was also during her tenure, just a couple of years after gaining control of the company, that Slinky had its most famous marketing. Uh, uh, the Slinky slogan and the Slinky song debuted in 1962. And, and, uh, should I read it off? I don't know if I want to. You don't have to. Yeah. Right. Sorry,
0: I'm yawning. I'm a little tired. Um, you don't have to, you can just post it.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll post it. But anyone who's ever played with the Slinky, I'm sure has heard the Slinky song. It's very catchy, it's very small. Uh, it's short, it's catchy, it's to the point. And as I say, it was written and produced in 1962, and this is by Johnny McCullough, Homer Fesperman, and Charles Weekly. And What's really, really interesting about the jingle, aside from it's a catchy and short jingle, is it's, I don't know, it's probably based on the simplicity of the jingle as a whole that the song for the Slinky has become, because it's still used to this day in some commercials, has become the longest running advertisement jingle in advertising history. Okay, that wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, still sold in stores today, Slinky's. Well, no, I mean, yes. But also if you think around McDonald's, everyone knows McDonald's, right? But over the years, they've changed their slogans to match with the changing times. They've changed their formats. They've changed their mascots. Yes. Slinky hasn't changed, really. No. But as I say, if it's not broken, why fix it? So with the jingle, the advertisements and decisions by Betty and her team, Slinky continued to make its way across the country into children's imaginations. And I don't, think I, I don't think I touched on it, but so the Slinky debuted in terms of major sales in 1945 and continued to do so into the 50s. But by the end of the 50s, it was kind of waning out of favor. It's kind of gone, come and gone with like little renaissance. For the slinkies so it was sort of waning out of popularity by the end of the 50s but then when the jingle came along in 1962 it picked right back up again and stayed up there for quite some time because the, the advertisement was just so catchy now we know that there's metal versions of slinkies made then they're still made now there actually is a plastic version that i'm sure many of us have also probably played with that began manufacturing in the 1970s. And this is created by another inventor and a plastics engineer named Donald James Ream Sr. And obviously you can get both versions today. Now, as we've also talked before, the Slinky Dog and Toy Story, but that's not the only movie that Slinkies actually show up in. Uh, It showed up in the film adaptation of Hairspray in 1988. And also very distinctively shows up in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, which is a very, very funny scene. I love that one. And then of course it doesn't go all the way. It stops at the second to last step off the temple stairs. And it's just, oh, come on. Very entertaining. After obviously the continued success of the Slinky and managing the company for 40 years straight, or at least almost 40 years, uh, Betty decided that she was going to finally step down from being the chief executive of the company and actually sold it to a company named Poof Products in 1998. And Poof soon renamed itself Poof-Slinky, and that is its name to this day. In 2000, the toy was actually inducted into the Toy Industry Hall of Fame. And in 2001, Betty herself was inducted into the Toy Manufacturers Association Hall of Fame. And the slinky toy, this is where things start to get very up, up to this point, you're like, oh, it's just an eventually. Why is this on the weird history? From from here on out, it gets weird. It was really interesting and fascinating before. Now it gets weird. The slinky has become so ingrained in the American childhood since 1945. The Smithsonian institution. Has made a permanent exhibit for it in their American History Museum in DC. Although I've not actually gone to it, but I probably should next time I'm out there. In 2019, Clifton Heights in Pennsylvania, where Betty had the company for nearly 40 years, commemorated Betty and the Slinky by creating a historical state marker for the toy's 75th anniversary, and it was a big to-do in, in Clifton Heights. And Betty's own children were there to uh, like open and work with the commemoration and everything. Was, there's, there's pictures. It's really cool. By 2000, from 1945 up until 2000, Slinky had proved to be so popular, it had actually sold over 350 million Slinkies in various iterations since 1945. And they're so popular and do well to this day. And despite no longer being owned by the James family, the toy still is made to this day in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and on the even very same machines that were designed by Richard in 1943. Because again, if it's not broke, why fix it? And over time, this slinky has obviously become so admired. It even holds two Guinness World Records. The largest collection of slinkies is held by, earliest at least at, As of 2014, the largest collection of slinkies was held by a woman named Susan Suazo of Las Lunas, New Mexico. As of October 25th of 2014, she had collected 1,054 slinkies of various colors and types. That's a lot of slinkies. And then it also holds the Guinness World Record for stair descents at 32 steps, which is a record hold, held by two men from the UK, Marty Jobson and Hugh Hunt. And they achieved it on a show, I guess, called The One Show on February 18th of 2014. And we're going back to our original statement at the beginning. It's the original fidget toy, as it sometimes is referred to. And because it's very simple, it's lightweight, it's portable, Slinky is even often used as a therapy tool and because it shifts its weight side to side, which can give the user a sense of sort of equilibrium and, and calm when anxiety comes crashing in. It's also great for not just kids, but adults with anxiety disorders. As you mentioned, it worked for you as well. Now, I remember slinkies being used in, in um what was it, high school physics? Because the way that a slinky operates because of the... The way that this, the, the spring moves up and down, it's actually used in some physics classes to teach about sound waves. We, I remember doing that in my high school physics class. And that was fun. What I did not know is it had other uses aside from just its physical use of being a spring. Apparently, it was used by soldiers. <laughs> my brain not working. Uh, And in the Vietnam War in the 70s, the metal slinkies were used to make makeshift antennas. You'd have one uh, one end attached to your walkie-talkie and the other end tossed over like a tree branch or something in order to give you a more range on your walkie-talkie. It's pretty interesting. And it's actually even been taken up into space, which I did not know. And this is in 1985, used by uh, astronaut Margaret Reyes Seddon. And she wanted to try to, she wanted to take it up with her to see if it, how it demonstrated how it behaved in zero gravity. And according to her, it won't slink at all. It just sort of droops. But there's pictures of it. It's really interesting. The US National Wildlife Foundation reports that birdwatchers will sometimes put slinkies around bird feeders to stop squirrels from getting in because the squirrels would try to bounce onto the bird feeders to try to get at the seeds, but then the slinky, much like a barbed wire, but not an actual barbed wire. It, it won't, oh, the slinkies, uh, the, the squirrels fall off the slinkies as they're trying to get into that. So it, the government will use them in wildlife too. I mean,
0: that's, that's pretty interesting for pertaining to the physics class. Um, it was not used in my physics class and I also didn't do well in physics. <laughs> It made zero sense to me, but then again, I don't feel like I had a very good physics teacher.
1: I had a great physics teacher, and the three physics teachers in my high school all got along really well, and would use each other and each other's physics problems. It was it was very it was it was fun. I loved my physics class. It was it, I like physics as a whole, and. For the Slinky, additionally being inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame, being seen in films, being taken into space, being used in Vietnam War, all the things it's been used for, Time magazine actually called it one of the top greatest toys ever, or at least of the 20th century. And Slinky even managed to find its way onto a postage stamp, which I didn't know. This was issued on February 18th of 1999 and it's it's a commemorative slinky stamp but there's more because there's always more <laughs> so the toy is also proved to be so popular it's made its way into pop culture in more ways than just movies as i mentioned to you the other day although i don't know that you knew that this was going to be the next upcoming weird history We talked about the Slinky Dog Dash Roller Coaster at Disney's Hollywood Studios, which apparently is not out here. That's in Florida. But um, at the the Disney's Hollywood Studios in Orlando, I'm going to assume, is located in Toy Story Land, which opened up on June 30th of 2018. And according to the description on their website, Andy's assembled his mega coaster play kit and Slinky Dog is taking you on a wild ride. Slinky Dog springs coil stretched to the limits as you bend around curves, zoom up hills, and drop back down. A spring is a marvelous thing, and this attraction is a wonderful fun for the entire family. According to Wikipedia, the attraction concludes with a performance of Wheezy the Penguin, who serenades guests at the big finale portion of the ride. It is reported that as soon as the park opened for the day, the very first day it opened, the ride immediately had a five-hour wait. Five hours. For a Toy Story ride. Mind you, it looks like fun. The pictures look like a lot of fun. I didn't go on it, so. I would totally go on it. I don't like roller coasters. I love roller coasters.
0: I can handle some rides. Roller coasters aren't my thing. I don't like the up and down and the stomach going up into my throat. I, it's not...
1: I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love
0: it. Yeah. I was just at Universal Studios, as you know, in in California. And when I was there, I went on to the Forbidden Journey ride, the Harry Potter Forbidden Journey ride. Not a roller coaster. Loved it. I did go on the really short flight of the Hippogriff roller coaster. I'm fine with that one. I think it's the really long ones, and also like the ones where I'm like the my problem is like when you twist me upside down and my feet are dangling, and I want something solid at
1: least underneath my feet. <laughs> having my feet dangling freaks me out. Uh, then um yeah, you'll never go on volcano, Superman or the Matterhorn., <sighs> but if you like roller coasters it's 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 a it's a standard. Cart roller coaster, your feet don't dangle on the, the slinky dog ride, but it looks like fun if you look it up. Apparently, also, there have recently been videos on YouTube about using slinkies on various instruments, which I thought was really odd. The most notable have been on a guitar and also a violin. So, both times, and these videos are on YouTube, it's not so much that you use the slinky to create the sound like say with the violin it's it doesn't replace the bow of the violin because that would ruin the violin but the the creators of the videos have attached the slinky to the instrument to kind of create a reverb of the sound that comes off the instrument and in the guitar video the slinky creates a laser-like sound which kind of sounds like the lasers from star wars And the violin very beautifully gives us a a very haunting, spooky kind of melody. It's actually quite pretty. It's something I did not know, but I feel like I probably should have known this while I was doing my research. There is even a slinky Adventure Zone, which is located at 491 Municipal Drive in Duncansville, Pennsylvania, not too far from Altoona. And apparently they're open from Tuesday to Sunday from 12 to 8. And... They have a website I definitely recommend checking it out. It looks like a lot of fun. There's a massive play areas, there's soft play areas for the, like the little ones with ball pits, slides, ball pits, slides, tunnels, climbing bars, etc. There's laser tag, there's bowling, there's a slew of arcade games which also have VR version arcade games, so it's pretty cool. There's a brewery inside of the Adventure Zone. There's a full kitchen, party zones, and more. It's an action-packed Adventure Zone built around Slinky. And from the video on the site, it looks like adults and kids could literally spend hours upon hours there just having a variety of fun. It would, I think it would be a really fun place to have a birthday party. The entrance up to the front doors of the Adventure Play Zone actually look like a slinky, like metal tunnel. It's really cool. And going back to what you were referring to earlier about the creepy video, there are even giant slinkies (laughs) that are being used by very talented individuals who will spin them around there. Well, one of them, there's two. So there's, I don't know if I call them slinky dancers because I don't know what they're actually called, but it's essentially a human... Sized slinky that some of these people will have them around their body like a massive spring hula hoop and then use their body to spin it around like a hula hoop. But it looks like a much cooler version of a hula hoop, like a metal tornado is spinning around their body. It's really cool. There definitely be a link in the source notes for sure. Additionally, and I did not know this until I was doing my research, there's a musical about the Slinky, which is, might be the weirdest thing I've come across for this research. And this was actually written by Bob and Becky Brabham, who actually worked with Betty on various things with the Slinky. So they're very, very familiar with the history of the Slinky. And it actually premiered in Gillespie Theater in Daytona, Florida in January of 2017. And there are clips online where you can watch the stage pro- watch clips of the stage projection at least it's interesting to say the least and then there's the human slinky which is a performer I forget where Jerry's from but it's a full-size human slinky costume he's got slinkies for both legs slinkies for both arms and slinkies for the whole body like it's five points head arms and legs all made of what look like the Multicolored rainbow plastic slinkies, and he uses them. He's able to stretch them out and pull them back in. I don't know how he does it because it's fascinating to watch, though. But he dances and performs while doing it on stage. Apparently, he's quite famous for it. And that's why I've gotten on Slinky. If you've not seen the Human Slinky, go check him out because it's absolutely surreal and fascinating. Or according to Warren, creepy. It's, it, it's weird and creepy. And <laughs> wrong. Okay.
0: That's what it is. (laughs) All righty. If that's the case, that'll do for this episode of History Explains It All on the slinky. (laughs) Hope that was weird enough for you. Watch the creepy video and it'll get even weirder. (laughs) Yeah. And we hope to see you next week as we trek through history to... Explain yeah. it all, and no, we're never gonna get that right. No. <laughs> Bye. Bye.